0: Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Canadian Manufacturing Talks. For our first podcast of 2022, we're joined by Dave Smitterly, the Associate Dean of Continuous Professional Learning at the Faculty of Applied Science and Technology at Humber College. Humber College announced a new Rapid Skills Advanced Manufacturing program on January 11 to upskill workers and address the labor shortage in manufacturing. And Dave was gracious enough to sit down with us to break down the program details and how manufacturers can take advantage of it. Very excited to see the uh, the new advanced uh, manufacturing credentials program uh, announced at Humber. And uh, I guess my first question for you would be like how this program came to be. And the federal government has announced funding to try and shore up the, the the labor shortage. So I'm wondering if you could maybe break down how this program came to be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This program came to be out of a, a need that was identified actually a number of years ago in the Canadian manufacturing sector about how there is a skills shortage, as you mentioned, Sadi, uh, in this area. And we wanted to be able to provide something that would allow people to complement the existing skill set that they had uh, with what we think are best practice and applied learning in as quickly as possible, quick time as possible. So we we thought about well, how can we do this in such a way that will allow individuals to take what they have, build on what they have and be able to be market ready in as short as time as possible and make sure that the stuff that we're covering addresses that shortage or that need so that's kind of where the idea came from and then we just went from there
0: i was reading a little bit about the program and i know it said uh, i can't remember i think it said it was over 19 weeks uh, that the program um, lasts i'm wondering if you have an idea of how many <laughs> hours the program consists of
1: Sure. So the program is about uh, 200 hours. I but see. I want to, cl- I, I want to clarify what that means. So it means that the programs in designed to, to maximally take about 200 hours to do. However, the way we've broken up the program, and I don't know if you're going to ask me about that. And if you are, I can, I can stop with that. But the way uh, we broken up the program, it can take up to 200 hours, but it actually can take less.
0: I read online that um, if you really apply yourself, you can get it done quicker. So I'm curious, yeah, if that's part of it. We kind of thought about,
1: you know, the realities of the people that would be taking uh, this program and that they're probably working already. They probably um, have full lives and engaged with, with work and family and that type of thing. So we wanted to, to kind of provide flexibility where we could. So what we did was we designed uh, the technical courses in the following way you actually have a theoretical component that you can do asynchronously. So as you know, that basically means you can do that on your own. Right? And you have a certain period of time to do it. So let's say it's a two week period. If you are keen, you can actually get that done in a week. And we built it in such a way that you may not require the full two weeks. It depends on your learning style. It depends how often you want to dedicate time to it, et etc. et cetera so for that course the theoretical component can be done in as quickly as not even a week but five days let's say so from a monday to a friday once you go through that theoretical component you have to qualify that you are ready to go into the lab and to do that there's uh, an assessment that gets done uh, in the theoretical component and once you have that you have what you call your golden ticket or your pass to be able then to book lab time So uh, you'll have some limited choice, but you'll have some choice to book that lab time in the case of the example that we just mentioned, the first weekend or the second weekend. So what you could do is again, if you're really keen on this, you could do it during the Monday to Friday theoretical component, pass that component, and then go into the lab and do your practical component on the Saturday and Sunday. So instead of taking two weeks or 14 days and so many hours per, you could actually take half that time. So we wanted to build that flexibility in as much as possible, first to acknowledge the fact that we're all in uh, interesting times with respect to the pandemic, but as well as to give people a choice in terms of how quickly or how slowly they wanted to move through the material. So when I say 210 hours, I mean, well, that's the maximum amount of time it could take. It actually could take much less in terms of effort.
0: That's fair. Um, And just to clarify, when it comes to the actual lab time, they have a choice of two, there are two choices.
1: That's correct. So okay. it's going to be a function of how quickly you go through that material. Yep. You can either do it on the first Saturday or Sunday for a particular course or the second Saturday or Sunday for a particular course.
0: Okay. Um, and then um, I'm, I'm curious, uh, just looking at big picture, obviously Humber is a huge school and uh, has enrollment mm. in a number of different programs and things like that. Mm. And I was, I was just sort of thinking about the uh, the labor shortage and the, and the talent shortage. I'm wondering how much of... Um, Humber's enrollment, when it comes to its student body, is focused on programs in the skilled trades and manufacturing versus how many students are enrolled and what percentage of students are enrolled outside of that? Would you happen to know?
1: Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have perhaps an, an, uh, an absolute percentage sorry, but what I can say, and this is true of all, all uh, college or polytechnics, is we tell, still tend to see a lot of enrollment in the business type programs right in the service area. So we do see a lot of that. At the same time at Humber uh, College, our skilled trades are always oversubscribed. And what that basically means is that we have more people on the waiting list getting in to do the skill trades than we have spots for. And on the manufacturing side, uh, we we typically have a a good enrollment there. I, I think, though, unfortunately, the manufacturing sector suffers from a bit of an identity kind of not crisis, but a perception of what that is. And it, it's interesting because I recently was at a client site and I was in a factory and there are still people think that a factory is this messy place that, you know, you, you have to have a low level skill, not finish high school, et cetera, et cetera, to be in there. But factory today's are actually quite different and they're, and they're quite advanced uh and some of them are quite clean and, and they require actually a whole bunch of skills as well so the bottom line i guess is i'm we're still seeing a bit of a disconnect in terms of what the job shortage is and what people are getting into which is why we want to introduce programs like this to be able to address that that uh, that gap
0: and then uh, sort of related to this uh, uh but moving on i know um Uh, And some of the materials said that uh, there are even particular manufacturers that are sort of asking Humber to do the training for the the students because of um, how relevant the the program and and uh, the teaching is at Humber but what I'm wondering is if uh, there are hiring statistics uh, from manufacturers from programs like this I know this program is just starting but if there are you know, if everyone who goes through a skilled trades program is being hired by a manufacturer on the spot or anything like that.
1: So I can tell you that in the skilled trades area that people often actually get job offers before they even finish the program. So we're, we're very, in a very interesting scenario or situation, at least in the skilled trades uh, area where the demand is so huge right now that uh, even before people are finished their programs, uh they're getting scooped up i'll give you an example in the electrician area industry can't get enough people uh that are in that space um and so they're constantly coming to places like humber and other institutions saying hey who do you have that's about to finish so we never have a scenario in the in the trades uh where people aren't getting work uh, it's, it's our, our challenge, like uh, many other institutions is showing people what the value proposition there is and how that, that there are jobs uh, available. And so podcasts like these are excellent as a way of getting the information out to say that there are amazing opportunities in the advanced manufacturing and skilled trades. area.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, uh, another, uh, sort of quick question is I'm wondering if there's a cap in terms of, uh, on the program, in terms of how many people can apply to, uh, the, uh, credentials retraining program?
1: Uh, we wanted to make sure that we had the right ratio of students to trainers uh, yeah. in retrainers. trainers. So there's a current cap right now of 30 uh, learners uh, that we have uh, in terms of this first application, uh, yeah. because we also wanna make sure that we're we're uh, covering off and, and addressing any shortages that, that might occur in the program as a result of running it through in this way in the first time. I could see, though, in the future, uh, a couple things. So one would be that we would expand that number, but also potentially work with our fellow colleges to offer them the material and then have them uh, do the practical training on their locations. So from a Canadian manufacturing kind of standpoint, spread the, the technology, the educational technology across different locations so that local businesses can benefit from this as well.
0: No, absolutely. Um, and when we refer to Canadian manufacturers, local businesses, uh, I took a look at sort of the, um, you know, the, the some of the materials the students would be going over and some of the things they'd be learning as part of the program. And I saw things like mechatronics and pneumatics and, and you know, electro, electric, electric motors and things like that. I'm wondering if um, when this program was announced, you were you had your eye on any particular industries within manufacturing manufacturing is obviously huge from, you know, automotive and food and beverage and consumer electronics, stuff like that. I'm wondering if there are particular industries that this program may help more with.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I do get asked that. And, and interestingly enough, the way that we're designing the program is that any area which requires advanced manufacturing, it doesn't matter whether it's pharma, whether it's auto, whether it's food, Uh, the training that they'll receive in this will allow them to progress and move forward because it's not specific to any one industry. Um, You know, motors are are kind of motors, not to be simplistic about it. Uh, Mechatronics, uh, PLCs, program logic controllers, all of those things exist in all of those industries, so they're agnostic that way. I think one of the things that we're looking at in future iterations is to see Where if we have a particular organization, for example, that says, hey, listen, Humber, I want to send 20 or 30 people through that program, then obviously what we would do with that group is to say, well, tell us, because we do this integrated advanced manufacturing project. Tell us what the problem that you want them to work on and solve, and then we can kind of tailor some of the the training around that.
0: For sure, no, and uh, uh, that would be exciting to see like how manufacturers sort of uh, uh, take advantage of uh, Humber's offering like that. Uh, My last question is sort of about uh, who Humber is uh, looking to target. Now, obviously, this is like a retraining uh, program, and also for people who are underemployed or unemployed, and also people who are maybe already working full-time or part-time to take advantage of the program. But for me, it sounds like this could be students, new Canadians. It could be uh, you know, um, a, a variety of groups, and I'm wondering if there's a particular group you're looking to target more than the others.
1: Yeah. So, so it, it's a great question. I would say everything that you just said was true in in terms of who we're looking to to go after. I would say that you do have to have um, prior levels of certain competencies. Sorry. To be able to be successful in this program, so we we wouldn't bring on everyone and anyone. So, for example, you need a certain level of math because there's a lot of there's math involved in this. So, like a grade eleven, grade twelve math. You'd need like that equivalency in English, as well. And and I would say, remember, as I as I indicated at the beginning of the meeting, of the of the interview, rather, that this is designed really to complement sort of the skill sets that you have. So. New Canadians, internationally trained people, people who are underemployed, uh, people that are currently, for example, in the assembly operating systems, looking to maybe move into maintenance or into higher levels. That's a possibility as well. Even if you're in a different discipline, but you've you've gotten to a certain level of competency in English and math, it's a possibility there. It can really support uh, an industrial or mechatronic technician or technologist, from a from a knock code kind of standpoint, I, I I'm finding, and maybe it's a bias on my part, but I find we have a real dilemma in Canada where we have so many individuals that are incredibly qualified, but are having difficulty getting work because their qualifications don't come from Canada, and it's sad in in some ways. Um, so I'm hoping that this program is going to help address that.
0: For sure no absolutely um and definitely agreed um i did come up with uh, one other questions, just sort of I'm, I'm thinking about as we wrap up but uh, uh i'm wondering roughly if you can tell me how many manufacturers and organizations you have helping with uh programs like this and uh, because i know uh, looking from the material uh, read, just reading from the materials it looks like there are a couple that are really taking advantage of this and reaching out to you about you, you mentioned the electricians uh, you know, reaching out when, when people were about to finish their programs. I'm wondering if there's like a rough number of how many Canadian manufacturers are um, know about this and how many have yet to know or or, or something like that. Yeah.
1: It, it, and again, the, the timing of this is wonderful in terms of both the question and the interview is because we want to get the word out to let yeah. people know that this is here. So in our local uh, group, in terms of the program advisory committees, our, our industry contacts, they're aware of that. And, You might've seen in the material that we had at least one organization that says, listen, when we're, we're looking to hire, we would hire from this group. Yeah. I I would say we're in a really interesting time. And I wanted to offer this potentially to your listeners as a, a way of thinking about this training and that it right now we're in this interesting time where, where people are getting sick, um, due to COVID and that there's work stopping stoppages happening because they just don't have the employees anymore because they're off and they're ill and there's a lot of hiring that needs to happen but there's a shortage of people with the skill sets right now because every manufacturing organizations in that dilemma what I would like to offer to your listeners is the opportunity to work with them to help them find the people because of Humber's extensive network of of uh, connections help them find the people and then train them using this program. So it's a bit of a twist in a way. It's it's an unusual kind of partnership, right? Because normally people come to us for the training, but we're actually saying, no, no, we want to actually help you solve your work shortage problem in terms of, of individuals by helping you find people. And because of the alumni that we have, because of the number of students we have connected to, because of our large international outreach we're offering an opportunity for, for individuals to work with us really at low risk, quite yeah. frankly, because it's kind of saying, listen, you can work with us. We'll help you find the people. And then all we ask is perhaps you can, uh, if they need the training, they can come through us.
0: I really appreciate you taking the time to answer these questions. Um, I think the only other thing I'm going to reach out to yourself and, or, you know, the contact who reach out to me is, is a picture um, that we can use to sort of promote the Q and a as well. Uh, okay. uh, it can really be anything, but um. I appreciate you taking the time uh, to answer these questions on a Friday afternoon.
1: Well, thank you, and and uh, I do appreciate uh, any and all exposure we can give, because I think we can do some really good things for, for Canada here, so thanks again.
0: A huge thank you to all of our listeners as well for tuning in. We'll be back with more Canadian Manufacturing Talks episodes in the near future, so stay tuned.